You are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm sad, Ulysses Sembrano. Host of Locked On Rays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can subscribe to Locked On Rays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and online at fanstreamsports.com. When you get in your car, tell your smart device to play Locked On Rays. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Rays. And check out our brand new Patreon page, patreon.com slash Rays Unfiltered for more exclusive content from us. Today's episode of Locked On Rays is presented by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Locked On, and that'll get you 20% off your next order. BuiltBar.com. Kevin, do you have a, a Built Bar? Uh, I, I got to throw one virtually. I, I think I got to throw a box at you. You're, you're kind of um, rolling a little bit. You're not, you're not <sighs> your normal peppy self. No. I need, I need a ton of Built Bars because, man, that was crushing. Yes, it was. That, that was that was painful, man. You know what's funny is after look, I shouldn't do this, but my mind always races. After Randy Arasarena hit that home run off Tony Gonsolin, which for pretty much any other player would have just been a base hit and not a home run, just slapping a slider away like that. I was like, <laughs> the Rays are winning this game. They're up one yeah. 0 They've got Tony Gonsolin. They're, they're, right. They created traffic later on in the first and second inning. Mm-hmm. And then as the game started going deeper and I realized, oh, the score is still only one nothing. This is not sustainable. We can't maintain right. this. And it was kind of almost, it seemed like, I hate to say this, but sort of delaying the inevitable because you're not going to keep the Dodgers to no run scored at the end no. of the day. And you can be really good and you can keep them to four runs. And you can be really good and keep them to three runs. And they, the Rays did both of those things during the World Series. Yes. That's difficult, a very difficult thing to do when this team is one that averages six runs a game and average two home runs in each game. So yeah. it, that's a very difficult thing to do to, uh, twice uh, in back-to-back games. They, the Rays did that. But the offense just, you know, did not show up from inning three to ninth. And the first and second inning, like you said, they had opportunities. I think that's that's the the biggest thing is that they had them in the first and second. You could have just stumped on on the gas pedal there a little bit, mm-hmm. and they didn't. And it just it it hurts because again, Gonsolin, that's. I, against Snell like that's a matchup you feel pretty good about especially yes. when you're making hard contact and you had him on the ropes he was what 45 pitches into the second inning like mm-hmm. a finishing the second inning he was at 45 man you did your job but you just didn't capitalize the the last hit wasn't there yes and of course strikeouts an issue strikeouts an issue for this team i think they had 16 in the game, oh my goodness, that is yeah. something that I think, look, some kind of change alteration is going to have to be made in the offseason. Right. And 
you know, not to go too deep down the rabbit hole, but we talk and we've joked about. I'm how, already there. Yeah, I'm already down the. Hey, rabbit it's hole. off season. It is officially hot <laughs> stove league. My favorite time of the year. I almost enjoy uh, it more than the the regular season, to be honest. We do have uh, really uh, a lot of good things planned for the off season. Uh, I'm just I need I need the grieving yes to happen uh, just now. Look, but let me let me say this though. We joke about uh, the Rays have so many middle infield switch hitting prospects on the come up. The Wander right. Broncos, the Xavier Edwards. Guys of that ilk, I'm missing somebody. Vidal Bruhan is the other Greg guy. Jones, guys that, who, yeah. yes, guys who get on base, are platoon proof, and don't strike out. Mm-hmm. That I think is the wave of the future for the race. You just wish those guys were two, three, four years older and have spent time at Double A and Triple A ball before being able to call them up and utilize them. But I think that is something that the Rays are working towards. It's just, we're not seeing it in 2020. So, um, well, look, we, yeah. not, not to go into this rabbit hole because we've got a game to recap, but, um, it's true. Yes. It's, it's unfortunate because that sounds really good on paper. The problem is that these guys didn't play a whole year. So now what are they doing next year? Do they repeat the same level that they were in in 2019? Do they still get promoted to the next level? That'll be very interesting. But again, that's yes. for the offseason. So we've talked about the offense, I think, right? Like, it, yeah. it, you know, they didn't do their job. They didn't they do didn't their do job. Their job. And it's been many times this year that they have not. The whole postseason, yeah. they didn't do their job. I mean, when you have a lineup constructed the way that the Rays are, you – it's really surprising how far they got into in in into this postseason. They got to game six of the World Series on the back of one guy who was yes. so, so hot. Okay. Everybody else had clutch moments. But if you don't have a Yandy Diaz, if you don't have a G-Man Choi, if you don't have a Joey Wendell, if you don't have an Austin Meadows, that's four regulars right there mm-hmm. in the world series that practically did nothing. A Willie Adamas, that's five. Yeah. So uh, that's half of your, more than half of your lineup and, and they're not being productive in the world series. You can't have that, 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 that had to be stopped and it never was stopped. Willie was honestly the, the biggest disappointment. I'm not even going to say Austin Meadows because he didn't have a good season in the right. regular season. So it, Willie Meadows Adamas, did a couple of things too. He had a couple yeah, of big moments. He there did were sort of few and far between, but uh, it was kind of, I mean, happenstance. It sort of was like uh, it underscored the challenging uh, postseason offensively that Willie Adamas had was that he was the last batter for the Rays in this game. Doesn't lift the bat off his shoulder. The last two pitches, that last pitch called third strike fastball right in his wheelhouse. But I get you don't want to be the guy. You don't want to be the guy that swings, strikes out, whiffs to end the World Series. But, dude, you've been swinging and missing all postseason. You've been swinging all series long. Swing a little bit. Look, he's throwing you strikes. He's dialed in. At least Uh, it off. That's all I'm asking here. I get Mike Brasso because he had battled in that. He worked in a bat. He worked in at bat and he was three two and you know got caught in between there. That's that's understandable. But 
Willie, what are you doing up there, man? I mean, he just looked completely off. And yeah, to not swing uh, when when you have two strikes in the World Series with two outs, I think that's, you know, I'll take the Eric Hensky kind of approach. I'm a swing. I'm not going to make good things happen by not swinging this bat. Dude, if I swing this bat, <laughs> bad things can have it happen usually like 75% of the time because I'm Willie Adamas. And at my best, I can be a 250 hitter. But, you know, you never know. Yes. Swing the bats. Look, I think Adamas walked out of the batter's box. He walked to the dugout before that pitch hit the catcher's mitt. Like he knew, yeah. all right, I'm done here. Not swinging at the like yep. he was already Bye. taking a turn to to go take a shower and move on from there. All right, we're gonna get to other things in this game. We've got to get to the Snell decision uh, by Kevin Cash to pull him after he was rolling. Um, but first, we we I feel like we're gonna go uh, gonna go deep into that rabbit hole, if yes. you will. So uh, I think what's what's most important right now is we've got to talk about Built Bar. The improved Built Bar is more delicious than ever before. Ulysses needs a case. I'm going to send you a case after the show. I've got to liven. I think that's the only thing that'll uh, liven your mood today is a case of new, fresh Built Bars. But will they make me feel better? Will they make me kind of forget this crushing defeat in the World Series? I mean, do they have a lot of protein, low calories? That's kind of what I'm looking for right now. Buddy, you're going to get all that. You're going to get low calorie. You're going to get low sugar, high protein, high fiber. Uh, And they're delicious. 100% covered in chocolate, soft and easy to chew. And you're looking for some variety, some uh, yes. some platoon changes. We're, we're, we're talking 18, 19, 20 different flavors. You want a mint brownie? Wow. Okay. You want banana bread? You want German chocolate? You want peanut butter? I mean, the list goes on and on as far as what, what are you feeling right now? What, what, is, what is the flavor of Built Bar that would get you out of this funk right now? I need some chocolate in my heart, man. There's a lot. Hey, they're all covered in chocolate. You could go for... <sighs> well, I know you're, I you're, the mint brownie is... Uh, Yes, uh, you're a fan of that. So yeah, the mint brownie is pretty good. Uh, that that might be my first one today. Yeah, uh, I, something tells me there's also double chocolate. Look, I, something Ooh. tells me before the day's over, you're going to be five, six built bars deep, <laughs> and you won't feel guilty about it because no. you're, you're going to get your your protein fix, and and you won't get that sugar high either. So look, uh, if if you want to feel better, if you want to improve your mood after this world series defeat go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on and that'll get you 20 percent off your next order again use promo code locked on l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n for 20 percent off at builtbar.com all right ulysses you are chomping at the bit i think you're still still brewing on that kevin cash managerial decision to remove Blake Snell, after he had allowed two hits and recorded nine strikeouts through five and a third innings, and the Rays, of course, had the lead. He had given up the uh, the base hit up the middle to Austin Barnes. That brings up the top of the order, third time through, Mookie Betts, and so on. Go, fire away. I want to hear your perspective on this whole thing. Well, I know that I'm not, I'm not the only one that feels this way about this move because it was painful. A lot of Rays fans are, you know, they don't get why this happened. And <clears throat> it's our job, I think, to to kind of 
point out why it was made. Right. Sure. But let's we'll we'll play devil's advocate in 10 minutes right okay. now. I'm going to because I'm ready to play devil's advocate. So I want to hear. I know your, you are. Your I know you are. Um, it's just we put a poll out to gauge. I love these little polls that we do during yeah. the game that only last five minutes because I don't want people to vote based on the results, based on the outcome. I want to know, would you do this? Would you not? So I put them up for five minutes and overwhelming 82% of people did not want to see this happen, did not agree with taking Blake out. So I was in that bank. I was right. I, I, I did not like that. Hey, again, I understand why it was made. The, my issue was there was no better pitcher wearing a raised uniform yesterday than Blake Snell. No other human being wearing a raised jersey was going to pitch better than what Blake Snell was pitching. Like you said, nine strikeouts, two hits, soft hits. It's not like they were light squaring up each baseball. Right. No, no walks either. Yeah. The only thing I would say is maybe in the third inning, those snags by Wendell, that could have been trouble down the line, but it's moot. They got out of that. They got out of that jam there, but he was look Blake Snell. That was very reminiscent of 2018 Snell where all four pitches are working. There's no, you're not hanging that, that, that fastball and, and hanging it arm side or what, like he was pinpointing each and every pitch he had that pitch. He wanted to. Yeah. He had that arm side fastball, which is uh, a way up and away to right handed hitters. He was dotting that one. Right. It was an amazing thing to watch. So I felt really good about him. And, you know, okay. If you take him out because third time through the order, yada, 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 the data, the data, the data. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fine. But. Two things wrong with that data. Number one, the, does the data say that Nick Anderson, who has been struggling, and we've talked about him not having his swing and stuff uh, lately, he hasn't been the same. That's the guy you're going to replace him with? An Anderson who hasn't had a scoreless outing since game two against yeah. the Yankees in October 6th? His six yes. straight appearances, he's let in a run or two runs in. You know what's so funny about that is that when they pulled Snell, and look, I get what they're trying to do. I think that going forward, there maybe needs to be a little bit more nuance where it's not just, okay, third time through the order, no matter what, this guy could be throwing a no-hitter. He could have a perfect game. We're taking him out. Um, but to go, when when I saw Nick Anderson jogging to the mound, it was one of those things like, I don't think this is going to end well because it yes. hasn't ended well the last six, seven appearances. I mean, since it, the it ALDS. Was, since, it you know, was, so, it, yes, it was, Nick Anderson, he is, look, he is not the same guy he no. was at the end of last year, and maybe that's because of... Or even the at the end of the regular season. In the right. End of the, I mean, it's, he's just not the same pizzazz kind of guy. La- last year, this time last year, or I guess... October of last year, he was throwing 98, 99 consistently, easily, top of the zone, fastball, wherever he wants it, then working the breaking ball off that. 
Now it's 94-95, and it's like he's struggling to yeah. get it up there. And maybe that's fatigue. Maybe it's this compacted season where the, the routines haven't been the same. Look, he's probably been more worked in his life recently yeah. than, than ever before. And there, there, that, that begs a question of, are you overusing your bullpen? You're so focused on three times through the order and getting the exactly. bullpen that you're, you're out wearing the bullpen. And these guys have seen a lot of Nick Anderson. They've seen a lot of Peter Fairbanks. They've seen a lot of, a lot of these other guys too. So it's one of those things. And it's like, you know, Nick Anderson, he's given up every time he's come in. Like you mentioned, he's, he's gotten into some trouble and sometimes it's the breaking ball that he gives yeah. up a big hit. Other times it's the fastball. And I think when he, when he came in to face Mookie Betts and the first two fastballs were outside away, non-competitive pitches. It was like, well, now he has to bring a 94, 95 fastball into the zone, and we know what Mookie Betts is going to do with it. If he had his 98, 99 stuff with the sharp curve, maybe he gets out of that situation. But this Nick Anderson, it, it, it almost brings back, I, this is not necessarily fair, but it's like last year when you would bring in Jalen Beeks. Okay, what's he going to do to screw this thing up? Like it's almost <laughs> gotten to that point. It's almost gotten to, you know, there were times Emilio Pagan was like this last season. Too, yes. And they it, ended it, up trading him. I, I I love the 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 way that you said nuanced because that was my second point. Yeah, there's always talk about you know the human element in baseball, which I really hate because it's kind of a cop out uh, to bat umpiring at times. You know, like oh well, you need the human element, but I I, I hate that as a cop out for 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 umpiring. The human element, the real human element, is the players. Right, the players themselves. And the manager has to uh, manage the people that are on the field. Right. And he has to look at that mound and say, yes, I've been given this data, but am I seeing something that contradicts that data right now? Does the data say that Blake Snell was going to pitch five and a third with no walks and nine strikeouts? Was that the predetermined plan? I don't think so. I don't think that data said, well, yeah, obviously – uh, he's gonna mow down the Dodgers for five and a third, and 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 look amazing like he did in 2018. That data did not say that. So when that when when the guy on there is telling you with his body language, I got this. That's where the human element in baseball is most right. important. It's not with the umpires and all that. No, no, no. It's with the players. It's with the manager. It's to know is anybody else going to provide what Blake Snell is providing me right now. I've always said this to you. Every time you you get a guy from the bullpen, you're rolling the dice. Right. Because you don't know how they're going to pitch. But the guy that's on the mound, you can see him. You can track him. I understand for those that are uh, analytics-based, the, the third time through the order, and the fact that his fastball against Barnes – was his slowest fastball of the night. Right. So you can say, well, he was losing velocity. Okay. Third time through the order. Well, I'd rather... (laughs) I'm sorry. And you can call me a traditionalist all you want. But if a guy has struck out the next three batters twice in the game out of the, the two times that he has faced them, I want that guy to face him a third time. 
Right. I'm, like, I don't care about the data there. That guy has struggled. And human element, again, it's psyche. It's a psychological aspect that you're giving that whole clubhouse of, oh, my gosh, they've taken Blake Snell out. We were right. really struggling. Now it's our time, boys. Now Finally. it's now it's Nick Anderson who we've hit well against. Yes. Why are they bringing this guy in? Yeah, he's got the the name, the pedigree of the last year and a half, but right now he's not the same Nick Anderson as he was. He's not your Cy Young guy. No. He's not your Cy Young guy. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm, I don't care what the spreadsheets say. That was a bad move. That was Kevin Crash. Yeah, and I and understand you, with more offense, maybe his hand look, hasn't, yeah. you know, it, it doesn't happen with right. two runs, three runs. But in that case, Kevin, I want you to, to, to tell me if you have the answer for this. How many runs of support did Blake Snell need to have in order to be left on that mound? Because if you're telling me two runs, three runs... When you start to tell me that you expect Blake Snell to have a four-run lead, I start to tell you uh, you're lying because yeah. they've never had that sort of lead against this team. And right. if you think that that's what you're going to get, then you're living in la-la land. Yeah. So what this tells me is that this was a, pre a predetermined plan no matter how good Blake Snell was pitching, and that is frustrating to say the least and maybe that was a mistake if they did i know in post game they say it wasn't predetermined but they, you know nobody's right. really upfront about that but maybe it was one of those things where they told blake going in that hey once that third time do the best you can do what you have to do third time through the order we're taking you out and maybe that's a psychological thing of oh they're but why are they leaving me in to face Mookie bet? Like, and I know he's a competitor. He wants to do that, but it's, it's hard to go back on your word. If that was a pregame meeting philosophy thing. And again, I, I don't think it's all on Kevin cash here. Look, no. it's, it's a team game. Look, I think the offense, of course, yeah, give them, they had opportunities to at least put two, three across the board, but it's an yes. organizational philosophy. It's it's not just Kevin Cash here. Yes, he no. is the one. He is the figurehead that is going to get all the blame. Not the uh, not the nerd, the, the glasses nerd working on uh, working in St. Pete. That's that's dialing up the numbers and everything. Right. It, you know, the part of the blame. Look, if you're going to blame Kevin Cash, you also have to blame Eric Neander and the the entire front office and analytics team because that is the directive down to Kevin Cash. It's like it's almost like you know when code enforcement comes to your house. Hey, uh, your your grass is too high. We're gonna give you a citation. It's like getting pissed off at at Don, the code enforcement guy. But really, you, your your beef needs to be with the city, with the government for sure. instilling that ordinance, those rules. It's just because Don is over here, right in front of me, and I can call him out. Oh yeah, okay. I I get I get what you're saying, but the problem is is that then 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 if that is the way that it is, and it's an organizational thing, it it just flows on through then don't have a manager yeah you might as well just stick uh what's what's that guy's name ehrlichman the uh uh whatever the the they, they've got like an analytics guy who who stays on the bench and you know right. providing data and numbers or whatever but exactly he, he provides more of a role than may i mean he's also managing the team day in day out and i don't know if every you know you you bring in some nerd who has no no personality skills and uh can't work with uh, athletes, yeah. you know, that's a bigger issue. But I, I think, 
you know, in-game decisions. I mean, so so then what we're saying is that there are no in-game decisions. It's just a, a predetermined plan of like, okay, this happens, this happens. Then I'm 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 sorry, like I just I don't believe in that type of baseball. No, I agree. Um, yeah, I, I think that's that's not. Um, I can't believe that at 29, I'm an old man that yells at clouds, but, uh, it's, it's just frustrating to to be told that, well, you know, it wasn't a predetermined plan. Yes, it was. Yes, it was because uh, we've seen it throughout the season. And I, I, I hate the fact, I hate the fact that it's not followed consistently because how can you, uh, do, Taking out, how can you say, okay, well, let's take out Blake Snell when he's dealing? How can I, oh, Charlie Morton, he's dealing the ALS, LCS game seven. Let's go. But you leave out Tyler Glass now in game one out to drive for six runs. Yeah, it I think that was, sense. yeah, that was, look, I don't Inconsistency. know. Inconsistency. I, I just, they've I, been consistent with Snell though. They, on individual, they were, Snell, this is what, you're you're getting four or five innings. That that's what you're getting. They've they've been consistent with that because he has not gone six innings since I think last year. Yeah. That's, so that's that stayed year, yeah. that stayed pretty true there. So they I think it's consistent with individual guys there. And let's also remember uh, uh, to play a little devil's advocate. Again, you're not you're not winning this game one nothing. I, I don't think so. No, again, no. it's it, not just this decision. Look, I I would have been totally fine with taking out. Blake Snell, if they put in, heck, Diego Castillo, Ryan Thompson, somebody other than Nick Anderson. I would have rather not seen Nick Anderson in that case. But let's go back to game two, Blake Snell. He was rolling. He had a, what, a no-hitter through four and two-thirds. And then... But you saw him lose it, though. I'm sorry. You saw him lose it there at the end. Yeah, but Blake Snell can lose it on a dime. Walk, home run. That's a a 2-0 hole. And against Mookie Betts, Mookie Betts was going to do something special in that game. And he showed that, like, I we think... We don't know that. Two strikeouts. Two strikeouts against him already. He did not look good. And I know that he used to change up. He used to slider. He used to curple against him. Yes, Mookie Betts had seen the arsenal. But there is a competitive fire in in, in, in a human mind right. that I, I just... I There's a competitive fire in Mookie Betts, too. There's a reason they give him exactly. $400 million. So no, it's, no, no. it's Betts for Snell, you know. Exactly. But w- what I'm saying is... There's also the human element which just says, I've dominated you right. for two times. And yes, you can say the same thing about Mookie Betts. Well, he's dominated me. Now, this is my shot. Sure, you can go back and forth all, all, all day long. But what I'm saying is Blake Snell was a better bet there with the human element than a guy who – how many pitches did Nick Anderson throw in the bullpen? 12 and then seven yeah. on the real mount, eight. Okay, so 20 pitches. That's, I mean, I, 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 that, that doesn't make sense to me when you've seen this guy n- nail these guys, <laughs> these Dodgers right. for 70 pitches, and then you're going to bring out a guy that you don't know if his stuff is working in the bullpen. So I, I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand that. Not game six, not okay. Nick Anderson. So how, how would you, how long would you have left Snell in there just through till he gets tired? I mean. I I I I, I let, there was one out, correct? There was one out with with a man on base. I believe so. Yes. Uh, I I would I would have left him in to, to 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 face up to I believe Seager's the lefty and he's batting second. Okay. So you have somebody warming up, of course, of course you do. Right. Uh, but I I I would have let him have the inning, man. I really the think entire so. inning. Okay. 
I think so. I mean, unless it goes walk, hit. But I mean, again, we've seen that from Snell where it can change on a dot, like so quickly, just, especially against the Dodgers lineup. But look, my, my bigger issue, my issue how, wait, is... Before that, before this, yeah. you said it turns on a dime with Blake. Sure. I'll, I'll grant you that. Like even early but, on but, in the game when he was getting in, he got into a little, tr- he was kind of like, he got out of it for a second, then got back into it. Like he'll, he'll get out of his rhythm a little bit if sure, some but, trouble hits his way. Have you ever seen Blake Snell pitch like he did yesterday since 2018? That's true. It's been a while. No, he has not pitched like that. That was his best game since he held that Cy Young uh, in his hands in December of 2018. He hasn't pitched like that. So, yes, he can lose it on a dime, but that's not the same Blake Snell that, that, you know— right. But game two, like he was rolling—like I know he had a lot of couple walks, but he did have a no-hitter through those— Four and two thirds. If you're, well, this is the thing. If we're saying, you know, Nick Anderson, oh, I don't care about the last six appearances that he's gotten hit on. He's the guy. The matchup, but we the can, data like, tells me. We can me, see that he's so, like, I think, yeah, that is a, that is so, the, the fact that analytics and coaches didn't pick up on Nick Anderson and his struggles and that this guy, I guess in the post game, Nick Anderson essentially Ooh. admitted that he's tired, fatigued, but he didn't want to go to the coaching staff. Look, you can't be. No, that's that's unacceptable, man. I didn't yeah, hear that, can't... but I saw that he. Oh, did I've got not... the. Uh, let's see if I've got the full quote I can pick up here. He uh, did not uh, answer in a happy way to Mark Topkin at all. He was just not a happy camper. I mean, who would be? But uh, I've never seen Nick like that. Yeah, it was it was not good. It's one of those things where, like, you also have to. You realize Anderson's off, right? At some point, you've got to go talk to him and say, "Hey, buddy, you okay? You, we might want to yeah. address what's what's going on with you." Uh, so this is what he said: um, "Why did Anderson take a step back at the worst possible moment?" Anders said he quote definitely didn't feel as strong as he did during the regular season, chalking it up to his workload and a quote crazy year that interrupted so many pitchers' routines. Quote, I didn't feel as good as I would have liked to, but it's the big leagues. You're not going to go out and feel good every time. I was going out there still confident. It wasn't the situation. It wasn't being in the World Series or anything like that. Not a lot of gas. Velo was down. I was going out there and trying to give everything I've got, and it didn't work out. Anyway, yeah, so... The Rays are a team that follow the data. How have they not followed this data? If they're a team that puts players in a position to succeed... If yeah. we can see it, how can Two they not see it? Two idiots like us yeah. are seeing it. How do they not see it? And also, if you're putting players to succeed, that's been your motto since 2008. We just put players in a right. position to succeed. You did not put Nick Anderson in a position to succeed there. I'm I'm, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I, w- I would have let Blake Snell in. And you know why? Because if you let Blake Snell in and say, like you said, um, you know, it turns on a dime. And say Mookie still gets that double, and he still gets that wild pitch from Blake Snell, and he somehow gets that out uh, right. for a sacrifice fly. Two one, Snell gets uh, gets out uh, out of the inning. Two one. Yes, it stinks, but I think there's a different feel to that as a fan to see. Well, you know, that's our that's our guy. Right. That, I mean, he had it. How could you not go and and keep that guy on the mound? The the baseball world would understand that, right? You would think, in, in its of majority. Course, with Twitter, I mean, players, I'm sure people are gonna Yelich, Jared Weaver, uh, Trevor Bauer. I mean, guys that play the game, yeah, 
and at, a, at the highest level are scratching their head saying, Noah Syndergaard, who's another pitcher. I mean, they are just scratching their head saying, what the hell am I am I watching? And yeah. and if they are complaining, if they don't get it, I, I, I don't know what else to tell you. I mean, it's, 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 it's not rocket science either. Okay, look, you have a lot of data, you have a lot of information, but baseball is not rocket science. Right. Um, you know, my bigger issue is not that they pulled Snell, is that they put Anderson in for Snell and not going, look, yeah, 100% I'd rather issue. see Ryan Thompson. The other thing too, I think we can move off the Snell thing. Like if we want to also talk about, and well, I get, you, you make a good point there. Say Snell is left in the game and he gives up a couple runs to one. I almost feel like the team would be a little bit more motivated to want to yes. score for him. And say, we got to do something, whatever yeah. it takes to get a run across because he is Snell has done it for us so How far. Even Kevin Kiermeyer said it was his game after the uh, after the game. He said we th- that was Blake's game. I don't want to go against you know the managerial decisions here, but that was his game. So yeah. I mean, I think you hit it r- right there perfectly. The boys they had a drop down level of psyche of you know our horse is not on the mound anymore. You know, and, right. and 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 then and and the managerial decision comes out and, and, and backfires so heavily. It, it's the emotion for that clubhouse. I think it's a human element. These guys are not robots. If we want to watch robots with predetermined plans, that's not happening for a while, and I don't think it should happen. That's another sport. I don't. Right. I, I don't. I don't know what it is. You yeah. know, but this was just crushing. Yeah, uh, I think we can move off the Snell thing. I think we've uh, hammered that into the ground as much as we can. Look, that wasn't really the only bullpen issue I have. It was also the, I guess, jug run where Pete Fairbanks gives up a home run to Mookie Betts. Who else, right? Um, But leaving him out for that eighth inning to face Mookie Betts after a stressful, he worked around a double in that seventh, but it took quite a few pitches. It took some effort. And then next next inning, rookie pitcher, essentially, you got to come up and face Mookie Betts, who is on top of the world at that moment. You don't go to Castillo. You don't give a change of pace there. And and you're you're not saying, you know, those guys in the dugout aren't, hey, this is what he's throwing. This is what he's looking like. And Mookie Betts is going to collect all that information and take that approach to the plate. So I did not get that at all either. Yes, I mean, again, in congruency, you have an, an ace on the mound, Cy Young, you pull him out, and then you're going to keep Pete Fairbanks, who had a really stressful inning to face in the eighth, Mookie yeah. Betts. I mean, where is the congruency in all that? I'm sorry, there isn't any. Yeah. Uh, anything else from this game? Uh, we will talk about at some point. The Rays' miraculous, memorable season because it was all yeah. that. It's just there's clearly some obvious frustration following a Game 6 loss in the World Series. But perspective, folks, uh, no other Rays team in history has gotten this far, has That's won right. this many games in the World Series, has gotten to a Game 6. So there's something to hang your hat on and build off on. Look, we might not have even had baseball this season there was a very real possibility of that so i know it, it, i know it came against two cheating teams but it also took the dodgers three times to go to the world series to win it yeah um so there's also that to be a devil's advocate here uh, it's just obviously this is going to sting for a while 
we won't have a lot of uh, Ray's reviews for a while, maybe uh, next week, I think, right? Like, we got to let this air out, this this aroma of Game 6 kind of leave yeah, our we'll bodies play by for year. a We'll bit. see what happens with, with all yeah. that. Our, yeah, our traditional player reviews where we discuss each and every player on the, I guess it'd be now, 28-man roster, just kind of the key players from the season breakdown how they did, where they're at, where they can improve, and if they're going to be on the team next year, all all that good stuff. Um, Ulysses, any loose ends you want to tie up with this game or series or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you have to be positive, um, just like Justin Turner's COVID test was. Oh, my hey, gosh. There we go. That's interesting. Wow. That was, <laughs> that was some shady-ass crap. Yeah, uh, from MLB and the Dodgers to have a guy with an incongruent test uh, play the game. That I mean, they didn't do it to Juan Soto in the in the opening day, did they? No. Nope. Uh, that, that's uh, that's for another day. Yeah, because I, we have a lot of, uh, of to talk about that. But uh, boy, not happy about that from MLB and the Dodgers. Not great. Not a great look when you have thirty teams and doing testing all the time. And you don't have a positive test for like 40 days or whatever it is. And now you only have to do two teams. You only have to do two teams testing. And, and, and this is what happens. And then they let him out on the field. Yeah. Unbelievable. Not great, Bob. Not great. If it was uh, like Edwin Rios or something like that, they probably, okay, we'll hold you out. But Justin yeah. Turner? Uh-huh. You got to play. No, no, you got to play. You could be the MVP. No, no, we need you out there. And we're... Uh, we're okay with the shady stuff. It's okay. I didn't see a mask either. Was he wearing a mask when he was playing? Uh, oh not all the time. Not all the time. I mean, he, he smooched Could that, in girl. essence, be, uh, be cheating if they knew about it beforehand? Well, uh, that's, uh, a, a cynic would say that, and I don't know. Uh, I think maybe my tone of voice is saying Man, that. Man, what, what ha- t- look, I, I guess it has to take cheating to win a World Series nowadays. In, I any know. Way you can get it. Anyway. Any way you can take it. You know, I mean, I, I, the, the amount of way. pine tar it's, it's, he has on his badge should be considered cheating alone. I mean, that is ridiculous. Yeah. It, it's got. a new market inefficiency. It's a 2%, you know, whatever. Oh, my gosh. All right. Uh, check out our new Patreon page, patreon.com slash raise unfiltered. Look, the season's over, but we're going to have a lot of off-season baseball, a lot of off-season yes. fun and topics to discuss. We hope you dive into it with us as well on that note that'll wrap up this edition of locked on rays now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of locked on mlb prospects hope you all have a wonderful day stay safe and we'll talk to you tomorrow